Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to Backstage With, taking you behind the scenes with your favourite actors and creatives in the world of musical theatre. I'm Mikey Worrell. Today we're going backstage with Gina Beck, who's currently playing Miss Honey in Matilda the Musical in the West End. Gina's been in some of London's longest-running shows in the last few years. She played Cosette in the 21st anniversary cast of Les Mis, did two years as Christine in Phantom of the Opera, before playing Glinda in Wicked in London and on tour across America. Here's our conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Gina Beck. Thank you. Here we are at the Cambridge Theatre. This is this is cosy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, actually, I'm actually the only person in the theatre who's got their own dressing room. Okay, why, why is that? I don't know. I think just how it works out with the number of women and the number of men. Fair yeah. enough. Let's not complain. Yeah, maybe something to do with Matthew Watch's wife being Miss Honey. I mean, no, no, no. Let's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about Matilda. How how long have you been here now? Since September. I know you're loving it. Loving it. It's a nice show, isn't it? It's, it's such a good it's, show. It's not, it's not dark and Christine-y. It's... Exactly. It's actually real, a real breakaway character for me in terms of not romantic in any way, which is unusual for me. I feel like something to do with my age. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those days have probably gone. Unless maybe a little night music. Um, but anyway, <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's really good. The character's got a lot of different parts to her, which make it very interesting to play. <laughs> and some nice cardigans. Exactly. And just one costume change. Which oh, is really? so different to all the other shows I've been in. Nice and a and really chill. nice, soft, gentle fabric. <laughs> no boned corsets. Yes. <laughs> no, you know, massive hoop skirts. Brilliant. <laughs> and uh, how, how did Matilda happen for you? Did you see it and go, that's what I could do? Or was exactly it just... that, yeah. I had my eye on it. I wanted to play Miss Honey at some point. I think I auditioned a couple of years before I got it. And I was away for the final audition. Um, and then obviously I got into Showboat. Um, yeah, and then it was good timing for this. Well, not great timing because I'd only just had a baby. So I started auditioning when she was six weeks old. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Which is a bit mad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's actually been great to get back into it. And, you know, not have to... I think a lot is harder for a lot, a lot of actresses who've taken time out if they take, you know, a year out or longer to then try and get back into it you know I hear a lot of people on our kind of mum Facebook group talking about you know starting to go back into auditions and stuff but because I sort of went straight for it I didn't really have much chance to think about it so yeah did you, you say you don't have time to think about it was there a moment where you were like oh my goodness what am I doing yeah yeah definitely when I got off of the part I thought quite strongly about whether that this is the right thing to do and I'm so glad I did because the RSC have been incredibly supportive and um yeah, no, it's all worked out really well. <laughs> and how long how long are you in it for? For the foreseeable. <laughs> for the foreseeable. Very good. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of Matilda, obviously it's going on tour. It must be doing quite well. Yeah, I mean, the audiences keep coming. I suppose there's always new generations of audiences. It's something like this, which is so, you know, great for children and, and, and adults as well. You know, it's great for everybody. But Were you a fan of, of the film or the book when you were younger? Yes, I had the hardbacked book. Um when I was a child, and I think my mum probably read it. I loved all the Roald Dahl books. I mean, obviously, it was a fantastic author. <laughs> you can't escape them as a child unless no. you're really deprived. But yeah. No, no, yeah, I loved the story. Never really into the film. I think I was too old for that. Because I, really... I don't think it was like... I know a lot of people of a kind of 
yet maybe in the kind of 20s who lived and died by the film. Yeah, it was like, yeah. I used to watch it every exactly Sunday morning. Exactly, that kind of thing. I've heard that a lot. Oh, we used to watch it every week, I think. But no, I, I didn't even see it. I, I'm, I don't think I've actually watched it. Oh, it's worth a watch. <laughs> but it, it's very different. Yes, an American. Yes. Yes, that's the thing. I, when I saw the show, I was like, oh, it's, it's not like the film at all. No, yeah. It makes it actually makes me wonder how they got to the film from the book. Yeah, because and how they sort of allowed them to I've do it. I've never actually read it, but... Do you want a copy? I don't know. <laughs> I, do you know, I think I've probably got one at my yeah. parents' house. I've, we had all of them, but it was just never... I think my sister was always reading it. Yeah. Uh, I was a big fan of the twits. Oh, yes, love the twits. I think that, that was... might be my first one. And the magic finger. Which is a really dark one. tale. I did like SEO Trot. Yeah, I haven't, yeah, I've not seen, I've not read that. I one. had, a, I had a big like anthology with like oh, lots of, of, of the short ones. Oh, nice! Well, yeah. because I remember Judy Dent did a TV adaptation of SEO Trot last Christmas. Oh yeah, of course. Mm. I love Judy Dent. I mean, I think if I say it enough, maybe she'll hear about it, take pity on me, and try and get me in one of her shows. Like she'll just manifest. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> I will conjure her through. Think, thinking thoughts put it out there the secret exactly um, I didn't realise that you trained with uh, newly Tony Award winning Andrew Garfield I did was he in your year he was ah. yeah and were, did you sort of think oh, he's going he's gonna to do well um, he was always really brilliant it, it was never I mean everybody was brilliant so it wasn't really like you know it wasn't like a stat, he was standout in the way that you know he was obviously really good but it wasn't like you know if you could pick anyone, I don't think it would obviously be him. But then when he started, he started working before we'd even graduated. It was obvious that he had a great look, great, brilliant, because he's got dual citizenship parents. He could work in America. Oh, <laughs> his mom's, so lucky. His, mom, his mom's American. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so a that dream, isn't it? really well for him. <laughs> also, he's pretty good at acting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Angels in America was amazing. Yeah, oh no, I wish I'd seen it. I've never, no, not seen anything. Oh, it was really good. I'm sure they'll do the cinema thing again. Yes, I really want to see it. Yeah, I really want to do that. Yeah. Let's just jump back 12 years to Ooh. 2006 <laughs> when you did Limits. How did you get there? Well, so I went to Central, as you know, for three years and did the acting course. When I left, I did a few very small TV jobs straight away and I thought, well, this is really easy. God, I don't know why complaints about finding work. But then it, then it very quickly dried up and um, and I found myself in some sort of strange operas. Well, they weren't strange operas, but I found myself in some operas, in the ensemble at Holland Park Opera and, you know, big kind of summer season operas. <laughs> I was just randomly snuck in. Um, so I did that for a couple of years and was was still auditioning for, you know, um, bigger West End things. And I auditioned for Les Mis and kept getting further down because there. And then in the finals, there was me and Sabrina Alouesh up for Eponine and Cazair. And then the two girls who were already the understudies in the in the year that had just gone. So we were the, we were up again. You know, that, that was just us left. And Lee Mead was up for <laughs> for Marius and John Lee, who went, who got it again. Um, was there, so that we had to we had to swap around and do it with each other in the auditions, and then yeah, no, a week, eight days later, I still hadn't heard anything, and I thought, oh, this isn't going to happen, and I put my contract for the next opera season into the post box near the National Gallery, and then I, like twenty minutes later, got a call from my agent saying that they'd offered me cassette. Oh my goodness! And what was really funny is I was just about to go to a party with my friend, and she'd come to meet me out of the party. And I was—I didn't want to tell her. Like, I didn't want her to know, like, that I was talking to my agent because she obviously was really excited about the whole thing. So I pretended for ages, 
So I was on the phone going, oh, right, right, yeah, yeah, okay, that sounds good. And my agent was there going, you don't sound very excited <laughs> at all. And I was like, uh, no, no, of course I am. Yeah, no, really, I'm trying to bleep so that I could get off the phone and then I could tell my friend and we could jump around. Anyway, in the end, my agent was so confused that I just had to say, I'm trying to be really cool because my friend's standing here and I don't want her to know that I just got laid there. <laughs> I did, like, this ridiculous over Lots of screaming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's what my agent wanted and that's what she got in the end. And, and we know that Sabrina got it as well. Yeah. How, how did, did you find out at the same time? Did you... um, we went somewhat, somewhat... Actually, we had a mutual friend who told us that we both got it, and, we, and then we went for coffee in the Costa, which is now Leon opposite uh, Les Mis. I know the one. And we talked about it, and then we found out we lived opposite each other in Marlebone. So she lived just around the course. We used to go to rehearsals together. Oh, that's a beautiful cute. friendship was born. <laughs> was that was that weird for you going in knowing that you were against covers who were already in it? Did, does that make you think, oh, no chance? Or yeah, I think it was kind of like I don't know. I was so unaware of the industry that it was just you know just taking it as it came. And I just I didn't I had no money. I remember wearing such a ridiculous outfit. I had these massive boots and like a kind of Primark dress that made me just look really weird. And I think back to the. <laughs> It's just so young, innocent. Ah. What What are your memories of that year? Because obviously you got to do the twenty first anniversary, and yeah. and you had people like Patty Lapone flying yeah. in. Was that insane? That was insane. That was only like a few months after we started, and yeah, we did this whole concert version of it at the Mermaid Theatre that was for Radio Two. That was really nerve wracking. So it was kind of like a weird condensed version. I think I just sang like one line of Heartful of Love, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then we had this big thing, and it was the first one since the tenth anniversary. Um, so everyone was really geared up for it, but yet they didn't know what was going to happen. So it was just like people bought tickets thinking, wondering what was going to happen. And then at the end, of the, we did the whole show, and at the end of the show, the whole stage revolved, and there were all the old original cast. Not old. They're not old. It just meant older people. Of course, People were listening. Rebecca Cage, we sat there going, I'm old. Of course. Of course <laughs> um, so that was fantastic, yeah. And then Elaine Page Elaine came Page came out and sang Memory. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I remember sat because I had like a long break because Gazette you get like about an hour off in the second half. And I remember sitting in my dressing room and some lady from Wigs coming around going, "Does anyone have any eyelash glue for Patty? Anyone got any eyelash glue for Black Patty?" Was <laughs> surreal. And we'd hear Cole Wilkerson practicing on the Danaway. Me and Sabrina were turning it up. We're listening to him rehearse. Oh, <laughs> like this is mad. That is mad. You know, oh, what a great for story. someone who was so obsessed with Labour Liz like I was, it was just incredible. And a lot of actors who do Les often obviously go on to do Phantom, yes. which is what you did. I did. When you were auditioning for that, how how did you meet Andrew Lloyd Webber at that point? Or No, no, he's not involved in the casting at all, actually. It's all Cameron's because they're the producers and, um, yeah, it's totally sort of separate casting thing. So I didn't actually meet him until I sang at his 60th birthday party that was at Hyde Park. It was mad. Again, phantom, interesting casting process. <laughs> I think I did eight rounds of auditions. That's quite a lot. Yeah, because they sort of didn't really have any options. So they, I kept getting these jobs through luck because no one else was really auditioning for soprano roles at that time. So, somehow, weirdly, it was all belting and Wicked had just opened. It was very much, you know, cool to be a belter and no one really wanted to be a soprano. So I found myself not having much competition for these roles anyway. I um, I did a final round in which Cameron didn't like me, and they oh, were God. they were all like, no, 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 we don't have anyone else. So then they made me go to a singing lesson with Mary Hammond, um, in which all the creatives came along and watched me having a singing lesson, and it was basically just saying, make her do that better. 
<laughs> and Mary Hammond was a bit like, well, won't you do that in rehearsals? Why are you worried? But how could Cameron say that after you'd just done his other show? Well, I don't, I don't think he really knew me. He's, he, I don't think he was really like aware that oh, okay. I'd been in Les Or, you know, it didn't really matter because this is a much bigger subjective. Role, yeah. Um, anyway, so then I had another round where I was just practicing, practicing with the MD, and then eventually I had my my second final round. <laughs> Were you going home every night just thinking what it was is just happening? Such a crazy. I think at one point I had a. I went after that singing lesson audition. I went for a glass of wine with Lawrence Connor, who was the director. And I was thinking, if I don't get the job, if I've been for a, a drink with the director, <laughs> this is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, eventually, luckily, I did get the part. And then, you know, two contracts later, <laughs> I think they quite liked me at the end. <laughs> and you went, you went to Paris and did All I Ask of You at the Opera yeah. Garnier. Like, that's, that's mad. Was yes. that just for some random US TV spot? Yeah, it was something to do with Halloween. Some clever person, I guess, thought, ooh, Halloween, Phantom of the Opera, that'll work. So, Fair enough. Yeah, we, it was all to do with America, and we just we just performed on the on the steps of the, of the Opera Palais Garnier. It was amazing. It's such a cool place, isn't it? So How did you get to look around? Yeah, I had the tour. Yeah, it's stunning. Yeah. stunning. <laughs> it's just so weird. Um, You're really dredging up the memory banks for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Seems like so long ago. It's like therapy. It's ten years ago now. That, it's, a, it's been a fast ten years, though, yeah, hasn't it? it really has. And you've been very busy. Yeah. Been lucky. Lucky to do the parts that I have. <laughs> um, so when you did meet the Lord... Yes, I did, what, yeah. what What was going through your mind? Was that was it was it a pleasant experience? Yeah, or no, it was, was, it no, it was very brief. I saw him at the party after the um, his birthday, and obviously had a lot of people to talk to, so... Who is, I think he remembers saying, so he says something to Ramin, you know, him and Ramin were quite close at this point, and he was saying, he was like, oh, yes, we must do dinner sometime, all with me as well. And I was like, oh, yeah, and obviously it never transpired. I know, so, although I did have dinner with Andrew Lloyd Webber recently. Oh, really? Yeah, t- about when I was pregnant, was a year, year and a half ago, October. He's like the sort of patron of this youth choir, where because he lives near where I grew up in Winchester. And he, I was singing at this choir's concert um which turned out to be some sort of like dinner concert where you had the bit of concert and then you had a sort of 45 minute kind of dinner mm. we all sat around tables like at a wedding and um and before just before i went on the organizer was like oh i sat you next to android Webber because he's the patron and i was like what <laughs> sorry what because <laughs> i wasn't even on till the second half so i had to spend 45 minutes sat next to him was that at this table well yeah because there was stuff to eat and i couldn't eat anything because or if he asked me a question, I had like a mouthful of hummus. <laughs> so I just, just sat there. Did you, did you ask him anything? Yes. Well, what was great about the whole situation was, A, I knew a lot about him, and B, I knew a lot about musical theatre. So we had so we had loads to talk about. He told me about his kind of like new workshops for uh, Starlight and stuff. And I was like, hmm, getting an inside cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and he just did a Stephen Ward. Just tried to re-kind of jig Stephen Ward a bit, and he was talking about that, so that was interesting. Okay, I mean, I think for a lot of people, he's probably one of those people that they would put around a table as yeah. people that they could have dinner yeah, with. He was really, really nice and really sweet. And this girl sang "Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again." She was only fifteen. She was from on the local schools, and he was really encouraging to her. That's really nice. Really nice. Now, he seems like such a nice man. Yeah. I saw he was at Heather's the other night when I was mm. there, and he, I, because he was in my eye line at the end of every song, so I kept just glancing up yeah. to see if he was how he was clapping very enthusiastically. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, we're jumping around in time all over the place here. Mm-hmm. Um, Wicked was obviously mm. such a big part of the last ten years for you. Was it? I mean, you got to do it opposite Rachel yes. Tucker. She's obviously yeah. we bow down. Yeah, exactly. Um, but 
going against uh, against sorry opposite Louise yeah. was that weird to play opposite the person you replaced who do you like for the first like you know two hours or something and then you totally got over it because she's so warm and lovely and kind and there was no kind of weirdness about it at all until once I forgot the words in popular during one of the, one of the shows and she helped <laughs> to help me out <laughs> luckily she knew the words thank god you're here <laughs> oh um was that was that a dream role for you yeah, yeah, definitely. I never thought I'd get... That was one of the things that I sort of saw and thought, you know, that's never... I'm never going to get it. I, just, I wasn't... At that point, you know, I wasn't contemporary. I didn't have a contemporary sound at all. I thought it was going to be really hard for me to... I didn't know if I was funny or anything. I just, yeah. But eventually, I did a couple of, like, fringe jobs that were comedies and I can't gain confidence in that. And then, yeah, it sort of was all the right time. And then you got to go to America. I know, that that must have been talking like, all these random things have happened to me. No, it's really cool. Like just reading about all the places you've been, I was like, God, I'd love to just go off to Chicago for a few months. It was mad, yeah. yeah Did that you... was just a timing thing that the girl was leaving the tour and some someone in Wicked said, The London Glinda's leaving at the same time. We could just make her go. She's got all the costumes. That's so cool. Yeah. And did you was that experience vastly different from London, or was it just the touring that was different? Um, it, it was different, and the audiences are quite different. There was definitely a different vibe from the American audience, because, you know, they're in their own towns, and you come to them, and, and they've been gearing up for it for a long time. Whereas in London, it's very much more a kind of cosmopolitan audience. There's lots of tourists, you know, that's sort of more subdued, I would say. The, very uh, British. Yeah, very British, or, you know, European. And... Um, yeah, but America, it's a big deal. I mean, it sells, some of the tour dates sold out every night, and it was, yeah, it was huge. <laughs> did that make it fresh for you going and doing it somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, it did. And I had to change my accent, so of I had course. to do it in American accent, which has made it definitely more interesting for the first few months, you know. <clears throat> By that point, I've been doing the show for two years, so what was it was your, good to... What was your favourite bit? Of the whole thing or the yeah, tour? Yeah, just, just of, of the show, because you know, you know what the Wicked fans are so, like... Involved, yeah. and everyone has everyone has a favourite bit, yeah. and What's everyone. The show, oh, interesting. I don't. Oh God, I loved the engagement scene at the beginning of Act Two. Oh, really? It's really good. Yeah, just something different to play for Glinda. Mm. It's so you know. It's, That's the it's turning very, point. Exactly. Isn't it? It's heart. It's heartfelt, and it's not just all like crazy bubbly, which was fun in its own way, but exhausting. <laughs> but it's nice to let some of the facade down. Yeah, it's interesting. And. Allow me a fan moment. It must have just been so cool to just stand there every night looking up as she goes up and you're just, like, <laughs> hearing some of the best vocals ever. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And also, my favourite bit was because I stuck up the turret during, um... God, and I can't remember the song. Oh, Witch Hunters. Yeah, exactly. The, um, No Good Deed. And I'd hear Rachel sing it every night. And just, it was just incredible. And also, yeah, all the, all the other alphabets were also ridiculous. Something about Rachel's voice is like flows you. <laughs> yeah, completely. Just <laughs> totally floors you. Yeah, exactly. And oh, she's brilliant. Um, oh, Showboat. Was that two years ago, Showboat? Yeah, so we started in Sheffield in mm. November 2016. 16, yeah. Yeah. And, and how, how was Showboat for Amazing. you? Amazing. Just the best experience because of Daniel Evans and the cast it was just incredible being up in Sheffield it was so fun 
and creating it and then the fact that then we got to transfer was mad it was just yeah dream come true and it was it's sort of credited with being the show that began the West End and Broadway in in the way that we know it so was that kind of a a load on your shoulder almost no it was great because people weren't expecting it to be I think you know they had this impression of showboat even I did when I got the call to audition I thought this is going to be a bit twee and the script's not great and the la but then obviously Daniel worked his crazy magic on it. <laughs> and it came out to be this really fantastic, like, really hard-hitting story that's so relevant today, and the music is still so incredible. I just remember everyone looking like they were so in it and yeah. just equally having the best time. Like, Rebecca Traherne was yeah. just stunning in it yeah. as well. She's, she's all right. Um, <clears throat> but would you, would you say Matilda's been a highlight for you so far? Because it's, it's, it's so different. Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been great. It's been the perfect job for me to come back after having a baby as well it's so you know a they've been really brilliant encouraging and supportive but also just is it the first time you've played a proper grown-up yeah, like all the way through yeah, exactly yeah it's really nice to uh, be a sort of more maternal character and like more you know more of a character character I suppose than that sort of young girl who's looking romantically across the, you know. looking for her mouth. <laughs> exactly exactly is it is it is it as hard as they say to work with children no not these children I mean, they are trained really exceptionally well to do their, their roles here, though. And they get so much support in with their mental health as well. It's just, it's really fantastic how well, how everything is geared up with the RSC to kind of make sure the children are okay, which is really, really responsible and brilliant, I think. It's a well-oiled machine. It is, yes. Are you on at seven now, or is it, is it when does that change? September. September the 11th. Are you happy with that? I know there were a lot of people saying that's not very good. No, I think for me, because my daughter's still so young, I think it's going to actually be quite helpful because I'll get home half an hour earlier. That's nice. Be walking in the door at 10 to 11, which is kind of so different psychologically than getting home at 20 past 11. And what time does she wake up? Oh. Oh. So it might, it might make me at least not even maybe go to bed early, but just at least have to like not have to walk through the door and go straight to bed, which yeah. is really slightly bad for the psyche. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. No worries. It's been, I'm sorry for dragging you through therapy for the last ten no, years. It was but... really bizarre. Well, actually, it was great because it made me really kind of grateful for the things I'd done with that. You know, it's really hard to remember them all. But you have so many great stories, and I suppose if you are doing so much over, and so many different things. It's hard to remember everything from exactly. the last six months yeah. if you're jumping continent for another six months. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that happening anytime soon. But <laughs> you never know. We'll see. Thank you so Lovely much. Lovely to meet you. You too. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Matilda the Musical is currently booking until October 2019 in the West End. It's also touring the UK and Ireland until August next year. Don't forget to stay up to date on Twitter at backstage underscore with and subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're feeling kind today, please leave a rating and a review. It takes less than 30 seconds and it really helps. This episode was produced and edited by me, Mikey Worrell, with thanks to Gina Beck, Hannah Clapham and the Corner Shop PR and What Goes On Media. Thanks for listening. Music.